Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Okay, James, last week I said it was a big show, and it was a big show, much to your surprise, but this is an even bigger show. And why is that? Tell me why. I'm not surprised this week. I know I can, I'm looking right, I'm looking right at him on the Zoom call. It's, uh, we, we have a legend with us, a legend of he the show. He is a legend. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He is the Steve Martin to Chris Johnson's uh, Alec Baldwin, I guess. Do you like that? Mark Masters, the great Mark Masters, Masters Nation. Yes, a legend in my own mind. And on this show, apparently, it's uh, it's good to be back, guys. It's good to be back. How many times have you been on the show, Mark? It's been a lot. I'm not sure we can it, count. We're probably closing in on ten. So, the, the the best one ever was when you we were we recorded in the car. All oh, the flights yes. were canceled. What was that? 2019, the playoff series. Whatever the but, Boston series was. Yeah, well, there were there were two Boston series, Jonas. There were it was 2018 or 2019, and all of our flights were canceled. We had to drive in a. Jonas did the whole drive in a blizzard between Boston and Toronto, and we recorded a podcast by passing around someone's phone. That that's either our best episode or our worst episode, probably our worst. <laughs> Maybe did, did it's someone both. Have, did someone have to edit that shit? It must have been just a complete mess. I remember that I I, I remember that very clearly because I suggested during that uh, during that trip that maybe it was time to to bench Thomas Placanitz and then Mike Babcock's solution was to move him into Nazim Kadri's spot after uh, Kadri was suspended. So he went he went the zig, I went the sag, and then Placanitz actually had a pretty good game next up. So I guess I was wrong on that one. That's what I remember as we are hurtling along the highway back to to Toronto for so- game three. That is 2019, so mm. it's going back a little ways. But that was that was that was classic. It was like 11 hour drive, and Jonas did the whole thing. We had to get back. It was playoff time. Ram, yeah, you were, were you were focused, and you were like you were talking on the podcast while driving. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it was very safe. It was a very great idea by by us by me. Well, everyone was surprised we drove through whatever that storm was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, fortunately. 
upcoming playoffs, we're not going to have to drive, I don't think, because they're playing Tampa again in all likelihood. Um, so we're recording this at the All-Star break. Uh, the Leafs played Boston on Wednesday night, their final game. They lost that game. But I thought, guys, we would take a big picture look at the team as we get closer to the March 3rd trade deadline. We're basically a month away. Is that okay with you guys? Are you good with this? As long as we spend at least 10 minutes on Bobby McMahon and whether or not he should be on the team. <laughs> I'm up for that. Okay, we can do that. Dude, that's a deep cut. That's a classic Leaf Report topic. Um, we also are going to take some questions. And Mark, you don't know about this, neither do you, James. Because we're getting the trivia team back together next week on Overdrive, at least tentatively, I thought, Mark, I needed to give you some training. Like, we just need to get you work out the kinks, you know, dust off some of like your rust and everything like that. So you're ready to go for an important um, game next week. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I bring it on. I need all the help I can get. I, I want to be ready. It's uh, frankly, I wasn't sure I'd ever get another shot. So um, <laughs> this is great. This is great. I look forward to that. And uh, yeah, giddy up. Let's do this thing. We could actually use James. James, yes. weren't you there? You were there in Boston we did, when we actually we, won trivia. Remember? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at we, trivia. We did trivia on that card drive uh, when we weren't recording the podcast, and James was like the best at it, I think. Yeah. So, too bad he's not on the team. I have lots of arcane knowledge given all the mm -hmm. history books I had to read over the... Yeah. So, I guess it depends what the trivia is. Well, we'll see. I have... We'll see. We should get my 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 seven year old probably can answer if you if there's any animal questions. Just he, use a phone of Fred and sure, <laughs> earn a phone of Fred and call him up. <laughs> he should just like replace me and Mark and just he battle was, those guys head to head. He was, he was schooling. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, Clark was schooling Jonas at our dinner table one night. Jonas came over for pizza and uh, he got he got the the work over on the animal facts. <laughs> at least he got a pizza. Yep. Uh, although James doesn't like. Anyway, cheese pizza. We'll get. Well, we don't need to get into that. Uh, let's. So we're gonna play a game because I know James likes games, and because Mark's here, I know he'll he'll lighten the mood. He won't be crusty like James. So the game is very simple. The game is called Priority. Huh, James? You like that? He uses the term game in a very very <laughs> loose context because it's not really it's not really a game. <laughs> it's a show device. It's, oh. it's the game whatever. Is it's what Jonas thinks in his mind a podcast should sound like, which is... Yeah, exactly. A, a strange, strange world to live in sometimes. Okay. So the way the game is going to work is we're going to go through parts of the roster and we are going to basically designate how high a priority we think it is to be upgraded ahead of the deadline. Your choices are low, medium, high. Easy enough, right? Good? Huh? I'm excited. When does the game part start? <laughs> the game is a foot. It's, it's a foot. The game is a foot. It's what did you foot. say the game was called? Priority? Priority. I should just do board games. That should be my... I, I'm going to quit and just start a board game company. Sounds anyway. Like, sounds like the name of a game an airline would come up with. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so priority. We're going to start with the goaltending. So obviously right now, um, Matt Murray has been out with an ankle injury. We don't know when he's going to come back. We don't know if it's going to be weeks. We don't know what it's going to be. Uh, Ilya Samsonov has played quite well. Um, that's where they sit. Joseph Wall has not played um, since he's come up. We'll see if that changes. 
Um, so priority, Mark, low, medium, high, or high, um, or or I'm going to add not another option. Oh, not a priority at all. Okay. Um, so the goaltending, where do you think uh, things sit with the goaltending as far as upgrading? I think low. Uh, the the numbers have been good, right? I mean, the goaltending is pretty much held up this season better than maybe folks expected when we were coming into this year, two guys coming off down years and they both went healthy played. Well, I guess that would be the concern obviously with Matt Murray currently sidelined with this uh, ankle injury that apparently had been nagging him. So you wonder where that's going to sit when he comes back. Uh, we don't have all the clarity on the timeline there. I know Keith said it wasn't serious or long-term I suppose. Um, but yeah, when I look at the priorities that they should have, I think, listen, you're not going to have the better goalie in the series um, in the first round. It's just not going to happen. So I, I would like to see them try and find ways to to have an upgrade at areas that might be a higher priority, which I'm sure we'll get to soon enough. I actually think that this one's a little bit TBD. Like, I think it's much more likely that they add a defenseman and or a forward at the trade deadline, but... What if Matt Murray's injury is something bigger than what we think it is right now? Or what if Samsonov struggles over a period of time? I mean, there's only four weeks till the trade deadline, so there's not a lot of time for them to pivot. But yep. I would say it's not entirely out of the question that goaltending becomes more of a discussion point over the next month than it has been so far. We'll see. But if they don't have Murray, then they probably need to add a goalie, right? Like if, if worst case scenario, Murray gets shut down for the year, which no one is talking about happening. I'm just talking about like worst case scenario. Then all of a sudden it, it lands on the priority list again. Well, so let me, I'm with Mark. Uh, I think it's low at this point, but to follow up on what you're saying, James, like what if we come back from the all-star break and Sheldon Keefe is asked about Murray and what's going on and they say, well, it's going to be a few weeks. And so there's more gray and like, you don't know, like maybe he'll come back early March I don't, maybe it'll come back mid-March. Like, what if it's something like that where there's a little bit of uncertainty on top of everything we've experienced and seen with Matt Murray in the last few years and really throughout his NHL career as far as injuries go? Does that start to kind of sway you, Mark? Maybe, like, maybe they got to think about, like, I don't even know what type of goalie you'd be adding. I guess that's the other question. Like, are you just adding, like, a, I don't know. I'm looking at some of the pending UFAs. Like you're adding like Thomas Greish or like what what kind of move are you making? Are you trying to add someone better than that? I don't know. Like would anything sway you as far as Murray's situation is concerned? I mean, if Samsonov uh, goes in the tank a bit and Murray is who knows what with his injury situation, then yeah, you know, management's going to have a pretty awkward situation there. Because you cannot afford to have goaltending. We can't be sitting here the day after the season and saying, well, goaltending just sank them and the team was was competing hard. Like that can't be the the, the talking point after this this uh, this series. So uh, it's it's tough, right? Like we don't know how much trust has has Murray burned with with what how this has played out. Um, we've seen him now get hurt uh, in a morning skate before the home opener and then uh, I guess in aggravating this injury in a warm-up, like that's, that's tough. That's a tough look. Um, but he's a two-time Stanley cup champion. And I know that they, they value that. Uh, and he's got another year to go on this contract. So, Oh man, I, I that's why I said it was low. I, I they, they kind of, it feels like they've committed to this, this tandem. And I just don't know if there's an obvious upgrade out there that, that you, that, that would make a lot of sense. 
But if Samsonov comes out of the break and starts playing poorly and he has only one playoff win on his resume uh, and Murray's who knows with his injury. Yeah. It's going to get awkward when it comes to the goaltending uh, discussion, but as it stands right now, I'm sticking with low. I don't think we got an answer from James, a specific answer on the priority. No, he went off the board. I really appreciated that he just created his own answer. He said TBD, and I think that's fair. Well, James, like, like, let me ask you, because TBD is an acceptable answer. It's I do not think it's, it's an acceptable answer. <laughs> I'm, I'm playing the game the way it needs yeah, to be he's played. Just, yeah. He's creating his own rules. He, but James, one of the conversations I know you and I have had, like not just this year, but in past years, like, does it make sense? They've got Joseph Wall. They have Eric Schalgren. Yep. Does it make sense to add a third guy who's maybe not better than those guys, but more experienced? No. Like, is that just stupid? Do you think? Well, only the only way you add is if Murray is hurt or if Samsonov completely okay. struggles over the next few weeks. So maybe we're just projecting some. It's too bad we started with the goalies because I think the other the other discussions are a little bit more interesting. I mean, I. I think low is probably the right answer if you can oppress me for an answer because I think it's unlikely they had a goalie. I was just trying to come up with a scenario where it might come back into the there's, there's just not a lot of time left for them to decide to add a goalie. Like it the only way I could see it making sense, like if Murray's shut down for the year, then all of a sudden you have cap space to deal with and then Yeah. Then I, it I, makes I, sense. But I, I do want to str- I, I think Samson has been pretty impressive here. Um For sure. I mean I, I know he allowed five goals in the Boston loss and six goals in the Ottawa loss, which in the Ottawa game, he wasn't expecting to play. So you try and give him a bit of a break on that one, but he, you know, he went into games against Sorokin and Shesterkin and Hellebuck and he was the best goalie on the ice. I mean, uh, that's pretty impressive stuff. And he was playing every other night and playing pretty well, seemed to be handling everything all right. Um, So I think that's encouraging as much as the Murray injury news is discouraging. I think Samsonov's, I think, built some momentum here and you will see. We'll see how they they look. They have a pretty soft schedule coming out of the break. So it sets up nicely for if Murray's healthy to get kind of get back up and running and for Samsonov to feel good about himself again. But I don't think I want to lose sight from the fact that uh, Samsonov's, he's, I, I, he's imp- been impressive, I think. Yeah. I mean, hey, this guy was like a former first round pick. Yeah. Like he there is pedigree there that suggests like he could be something. He just hasn't really done it in the NHL consistently. Uh, since James is bored with this topic, let's move on to a more spicy. James likes when I use yeah, spicy. I we should call this segment priority boarding, but, but, <laughs> but the boarding is spelled B O R E D I N G. We know Mark Masters has a history of, yeah, he'll, he'll bump us right out of first class. The priority um, is boarding. Our audience. <laughs> no, that was that was a good conversation. I, I enjoyed that. our audience more like it. Okay, so a more interesting topic right now, especially after that Boston game, is the defense. So priority, Mark, as far as upgrading the defense is concerned. They have Giordano, they have Riley, they have Brody, they have Hall, they have Sandine, they have Logan, they have Timmons, they have Ben. They've been one of the better teams in the NHL this year. The defensive stats are not as good as they were last year. Um, do they need to upgrade? They don't have Jake Muzzin, obviously. That's a key point. We is it? Yeah, we kind of lose sight of that. A eh? he's been out so long, and very underrated. Yeah, like he's a pretty darn important piece of this team. Uh, there's no in-house candidate to replace what he brings. Um, the veteran leadership, the penalty killing, the hard-nosed aspect of it. Even Brad Marchand, in his media availability uh, yesterday, uh, before the game against the Leafs, one of his. Uh, underplayed clips because he said so much else was that you know he's talking about how the Leafs are really good and he 
you know, he thinks that they're going to break through. And he's like, you know, it's like, you know, they've added some guys, Brody and Giordano are hard to play against. They do miss Muzzin. So he, you know, he highlighted that. They do miss mm. Muzzin. How could they not miss what, Muzzin? What a masterful troll oh. job by Brad Marchand yesterday. Like, he just like throwing the, you know, we took less money and that's why we win. And like, there was just all of these, he, oh. he was making fun of how, how well they, they chirp and. Or Martin don't, or don't chirp. Dog and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's so was, plugged in. It was hilarious. We were waiting for And then for he him. took to Twitter right after yeah. to continue the the body shots. And then he's taking a picture with Leafs fans, like after warm up and riding the bike. Like he was just like having all, he was having the time of his life in the, in Toronto. He doesn't seem, he doesn't seem really stressed about this season or. <laughs> well, they're having this historically good run. There are some last dance vibes, uh, certainly around this Boston team, just with the core getting older and Bergeron coming back and Krejci coming back and. They seem very relaxed, and uh, but that's that's at least we'll be happy to see Brad Marchand uh, again uh, in the playoffs because that means they've most likely won a round because I think they're catching Boston, thirteen points, thirty games. Uh, but back to the defense, back to the defense. Um, yeah, Muzzin. So who's the matchup? I know Jonas, you wrote about this. You know Riley and Brody getting the matchup. Uh, against the Bergeron line and holding a lo- their own a little bit in that matchup. But usually that's Muzzin, right? Muzzin and Brody last year. And, you know, right now what's, you know, beyond Riley and Brody, you've got uh, Giordano who's 39. He's played really well, but he's 39 and who knows? Justin Hall was a scratch to start the series last year. Um, he's playing with Giordano. And then you got two guys who were really non-factors against the Lightning last uh, last year in Lilligren and Sandine, and they both obviously developed. They're showing progress. They're showing potential. Lilligren, especially, it feels like. But what are they going to be like in the in the bubbling cauldron um, of, of a playoff series against uh, a team like the Lightning? Uh, and then the the next guys up, I guess Timmins and Ben. Timmins, we saw what happened in Boston when he was paired with Riley. Perhaps not put in a position to succeed there. And then Ben brings the more of the hard-nosed stuff, but I'm not sure if, if you have an injury and they've been pretty in- injury plagued on the blue line. I'm not sure how, you know, what, what your confidence level is uh, with those guys coming into the middle of a series. So I'm going to answer when it comes to the defense priority medium. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. J- James, do you agree with that? I'm going to say medium well. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. Nice, James. I love this. Again. Getting I into the game. I don't like not listening to the rules. <laughs> <laughs> I play by the rules. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, Easy. Agent of chaos. Ugh. Priority boarding. Defenseman. For sure. I think what the Leafs should try and do is add on, on up. I think the forward should be... I know we're going to get to that next, but I think, I think what they should try and do is add both. Now, the logistics of that... Like if they don't want to trade Matthew Nyes and they don't want to trade their first round pick, which is a possibility, they don't have a lot else to give up, and they also don't have a ton of cap space. They pr- at most they have four million, and that's unless not like, they move other people out. Unless they move other people out, and that's not a prorated number. That's because they're in LTIR. That is the full number. So all you can bring in is four million, unless you trade an Engvall or a Kerfoot, or unless there's another injury that runs to the end of the year. So. You know, it's easy to say they should add an impact forward and an impact defenseman. Whether or not they can do that logistically with what they're willing to give up and the cap space they have, I don't. That's it's going to be really interesting to see if they can they can do that. 
they can that, pull that off. That's why this game is so apt from Jonas because they have to <laughs> determine their priority. Exactly. Oh, Thank I, you, Mark. I get it. Uh, oh. I'm actually going to go a little bit subtlety more was than, lost on me. Yeah, sorry, James. Um, I'm going to go high. I actually think that this uh, this might might be their biggest priority. I just don't know. I still just can't get my head around the fact that like you're going to just lose Muzzin and just not replace him. Like, and you can consistently tell us like how important he is and how unique he is and what he does is so special and like especially at playoff time. And then just be like, you know what? Because they came into the season thinking. They were going to have this defense of Riley Brody, Muzzin Hall, Giordano, Lilligren, Sandine. And so now if you just take him out, and this is something, Mark, like you heard this with Sheldon Keefe when he talked about the defense of late, now that they have everybody but Muzzin back, properly slotting, I think is a really important thing that he's brought up, which basically means it puts guys in the positions and situations and competition levels that they should be in. Part of that, I think, is, or most of that, I think, is Sandine and Logren. But some of that is Giordano Hall. Like, they came into the season thinking that Giordano was going to be on their third pair. And so, all of a sudden, if you don't have Muzzin and you're not going to replace him or bring in someone else in your top four, suddenly you're either asking more of Giordano than you wanted to, or you're asking more of one of the young guys. And I just don't, I'm just not there yet that I can, if I'm the Leafs that I can trust them in a playoff series to, I don't know, like this is, there's too much at stake. And like, I think of Tampa's roster, I think of how Sandy and Lilgren, Sandy especially can get well, pushed around physically. Like Jonas, that look, how the, look me, how the man. game against the exactly. game before the all-star break against Boston, like it's a perfect example. And, exactly. you know, it really yeah. kind of highlights the potential danger and people are going to be listening to the show and screaming at their, listening device <laughs> or wherever however they they get this this show put into their ear holes and they're going to be saying but you know the defense has been good all year which it has and i mean even through all the injuries and everything there've been a lot of guys that have stepped up um you know you look at the underlying defensive metrics and the leafs have been top 10 basically all season but they're not going to be playing you know the the whole nhl in the playoffs their their postseason is going to be tampa and like Mark said, hopefully Boston. So, you know, they really need to think about whatever they're adding to their roster is to play those teams, not to play, you know, Columbus on a Thursday night. I also think that sometimes we separate the positions and we are actually doing it for the game we're playing right now. An excellent game, by the way. Um, but, you. you know, the forwards play a big role in, in how this team has yeah. emerged as a really good defensive team. And you can help the defense by improving the forwards, which I think might be a good segue. You have nothing. Wait, I think that that's that's a good segue. I just don't. Are we ready to move on from the well, defense? Well, who do you because want, I think, Jonas? Who who is a game changer on defense? Like what well, what needs to be improved? So that so is a, you're bumping Sandine, I guess, is kind of the thought process. Yes. Yeah, and then and that's know. and that's an interesting conversation. Like you are now in the second season of Rasmus Sandine's career, and you're getting into a situation where you get to playoff time, and you're thinking, oh, like maybe maybe we need to not play him, or maybe we need to get someone to play ahead of him, and that's like an I don't know. Like that's an interesting conversation about where he fits into your bigger picture. Like, obviously, they've got some guys like uh, Justin Hall is a free agent this summer. We don't know what's going to happen with Muzzin. It doesn't seem like he's going to play again. I don't know. Like, I, I, I just so you, so you say like, okay, who, who do you want to get? And that's the thing. Like, 
there aren't a lot of guys that you can look at and be like that guy for sure. Well, what do you think of Gavrikov? Fits what we're talking. What do you think of Gavrikov? Yeah, Gavrikov's the guy James and I both really like. It's and I think the question. So, Mark, you can answer this yes. first, and then James, you can follow. Do you want to, if you're the Leafs, pay the price that it's going to take to acquire Gavrikov? That's part one. So the price is basically what they got for David Savard, which is a first and a third. Part two is, do you want to re-sign Gavrikov, who's a UFA this summer, who's going to want and expect and, and probably get the Five kind million. of money that Jake Muzzin, exactly, that Jake Muzzin got in his contract. So you can take it either any way you want, Mark, from, from those plot points. Well, I don't know if I want to re-sign him for that. Um, so then you're looking at a rental. And then that's the price. And if you do that, that probably means that's your that's your upgrade. And that's why we're playing priority is because as James has already outlined, they maybe don't have uh, you know the war chest here to go out and make two big splashes. Two big. That's guys. why I think that you know the talk about the Jake McCabe option is really interesting because he's got two more years left on his deal. There's even a suggestion that there'll be some retention there. So he his cap hit, I believe, is four million. I mean, so you could get his cap hit down to as low as two million potentially. For two more years, and he's a guy that potentially slots in the Giordano space, plays with Hall going into the playoffs, and then you've got Riley Brody, McCabe Hall, Giordano Lilgren, and then Sandine's your option if there's an injury. And and you also have Timmons too, which gives you some nice depth. So that to me seems to make a lot of sense. I don't know we don't know what the asking price is on McCabe, but it's probably not as high as Gavrikov. Gavrikov is one of those guys that's gonna he I think he's definitely gonna get that that first round pick and third round pick that they're asking for in Columbus. Okay, so that's an interesting idea, James. Let me ask you this, and either of you, do you care? I mean, McCabe is interesting, and, and Chicago's not in a, a good spot, obviously. They're the worst team. Do you care that he's never played in the playoffs? Does that matter to you at all? No. Okay. It kind of matters to me a bit. I mean, we're talking about stuff that Muzzin brings is we know he's, you know, Stanley Cup champion, and he doesn't seem to get flustered in those big situations. Even last year against Tampa, he just, after having such an up and down year, um, so calm. So I, I would like to know that uh, the guy has actually been in that position before, but when you're weighing whether or not he's a better, if he's a better fit, he's a better fit. But I do, I, I'm not going to just, you know, throw that away as nothing because I think that that is, that is something that would, 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 would have me thinking like, what am I going to do? I know. Cause it's not easy coming in mid season. We know that it's not easy getting thrown into a new environment in Toronto. The ex- expectations are so high and he's going to yep. be put into a pretty big spotlight. So you want to be sure that the guy you're getting is ready for it and they'll do their due diligence on McCabe. And maybe he is, uh, maybe they like the, the makeup, but that would be something that would be, I, w- I would, I would, I would weigh that for sure. Yeah, I've been asking some people around the league and they said like he's only ever played on like just brutal teams basically. So it's yeah. he's a yes. he's a tough one for, yeah. whoever, for people whoever, to evaluate. It's going to be tough for whoever comes in because you're coming in mid-season to a team with huge expectations and you're playing such a good opponent like right off the bat with with minimal games to kind of get up and running. So it's yeah, you got to be really sold on the on the individual and it's too bad, you know, uh yeah, like Felino, for example, is a guy that was in terms of like the makeup would have been perfect, but he was hurt. 
And he was actually reflecting on that in the lead up to the Toronto game about how it was just such an unfortunate situation. And he was crediting, by the way, the Leafs uh, training staff, uh, medical staff for staying in touch with him even after he left and helping him and make sure he got back. And now he said he finally this season feels like his old self and he's doing it for Boston. So I'm sure <laughs> Leafs fans love to, to hear that. Well, now, to be fair, like Gavrikov has played in 12 NHL playoff games and he was obviously part of that team that faced the Leafs yep. and he did quite well in that series. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing. Like, you want someone who's comfortable in the kind of role that the Leafs are going to be asking. Like, and it, and it goes back to: Are you going to for sure play this guy ahead of what you have? He brings an so element, that's, right? That's he brings thing. a different element. The element a muzzini, a muzzini yeah. element that I like it. Sandine doesn't doesn't have. I mean, he you know Sandine is physical. Like, he does throw throw hits, but. You know, we saw the play with Pastor. Uh, yeah, there's just there's questions about. He's still relatively young, relatively small. So, um, yeah, you're you're looking for that Muzzini quality. Mark, where do you weigh in on the debate with the fan base? There's a lot of people I've seen in the fan base, especially on Leafs Twitter, that say, "Who cares about a defenseman? The real need is a forward." And we haven't been able to generate enough offense in the playoffs year after year. And yep. there's Fair a clear. Point. The other thing too, I mean, you look at that lineup against Boston. They've got one injury. They got Austin Matthews out. I think that's the only injury up front, right? I mean, I guess unless you count Nick Robertson, you got one injury, and all of a sudden you got Joey Anderson on your third line. Yep, you've got your fourth line, which is uh, Holmberg, Simmons, um, Aston, Aston Reese, that you can only trust in seven or eight minutes in the game. They do yep. not look very deep right now at nope, forward. Nope. So th- this is my segue. I know we need to take a that's break. a segue, us, James. Good job. I know we need to take a break, but like. I can see where the fan base is saying we don't have enough up front right now. Okay, let's take a break and then let's continue priority with the top six forward question. Uh, So we'll take a break and get into that. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James, I'm just still, I just can't get over how nice a segue that was. That was I thought my segue was pretty good too. I just like, Yeah, but it wasn't at the, the right gun. time, uh, Mark. Yeah, it was a good segue. It just, the timing wasn't right. All about timing. Yeah. All right. So uh, James mentioned some of the issues in the past. And I think this has always been for me like an under underplayed point is there's always been this thing. Well, they don't need scoring. They have scoring. They have Matthews, Martin, Neilander, like the Tavares. They don't need scoring. And yet you go back to like not so much last year, but I guess even last year against Tampa. But they've always just been a bit short. Like they've if those top guys aren't producing and and granted this is probably the case for most teams they just are lacking a little bit um a little bit especially from the bottom of the lineup and that's why you could make a case that the bigger priority should be a top six forward to basically push cal yarncroc down the lineup so james i'll let you go first priority to add a top six forward or top nine forward let's say top nine because i'm gonna i'm gonna say top six okay Fine. Yeah, top nine. I mean, well, it's like if you add another center, like you might not play him yeah, in your top six. That, yeah. Okay, yeah, if you had like a really good third line center, yeah. I mean, they are a little bit thin at center, right? Especially you know when someone's yes. hurt, 
look at this. Like right now, they're playing Alex Kerfoot, who's can't like it is not good enough to be your second line center in a situation like this. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it's that. That's the tough thing. If I, I, I totally understand the concerns with the blue line in terms of composition and everything. That's why I think that they need to add both pieces, and I'm going to say high priority to add a top six forward or or a really good third line center. That would be my top priority. Now, like the the concern is that you know the asking price for some of the big names that are out there. Like we saw with the the Horvat trade, what he went for there, that it's going to be out of reach for the Leafs. So, you know, they're I think they're going to. This is why I think the first round pick needs to be in play because they don't have a lot of other assets to sell, and it's so important that they upgrade this at this deadline. Everything should be in play. I feels like yes. like if you're not all in now, I don't like. Let's go already. It's you know Matthews can sign an extension this summer. It's a you know the GM is a pending UFA. Like uh, it's everything should be in play. So that's why you yeah that's why you're thinking maybe they can make a couple of upgrades, but James again playing by his own rules, going with top priority. <laughs> But I will answer the way it's supposed to be and go high priority. I said, I said high too. I thought didn't he said I? high. Did he? All right. Yeah. You there was a high mixed okay. in there. All right. I got lost. <laughs> I got seeing blind rage when you said top. But uh, yes, I mean, I mean, you mentioned it, Jonas. We can go through it in the Tavares era, which was supposed to be, you know, this this you know one two punch up the middle, and they can't score in the biggest games. It's two one in t- against okay. Tampa and. Well, I Mark, let me that. interrupt Not you. Jonas. All right, Jonas. Jeez, sorry. Well, let me interrupt you both and, and look back to. So this is the Tampa series. These are the forwards that scored in that series. Five on five. Matthews at three. Tavares had two. Marner had two. Blackwell, Bunting, Camp with one each. That's it. Now, I don't know if that's un- unusual. Like, Got to get Blackwell back. So Blackwell's obviously gone. Camp does, Bunting, see- <laughs> Camp does seem to have Vasilevsky's number. So that's that's good. I know he hasn't scored that's since good. since December, Bunting, but that's something. Bunting was hurt for that series, so like you can take that away for I don't know. You go back to twenty one. These are the forwards that scored in that series, seven game series. Neander three, Spezza three, Matthews one, Hyman one. That's it. No, well, Spezza's got to unretire. So like to James's point about some of the Yanks, like I I'm kind of with you both in saying. I think it's high, and now I, I I've kind of, I think I said last week that that it has to be like a big fish. I think it just needs to be someone who is going to be a lock to play in that spot. So I've been thinking, and I I know I kind of brought James around to this, but like I, I'm thinking like someone like Tyler Bertuzzi, who's not like a superstar or anything like that, but I think he's going to score the types of goals you need to score in the playoffs. I think he would fit with either Matthews or Tavares. Maybe it's something like that. And maybe that allows you to your point, James, to get both because Tyler Bertuzzi is not going to cost you a ton. You would, you'd presumably need Detroit to retain some of his half of his money. He, he does have all of one goal this season. So that, that's, he, well, that's, so that's, that's no value. He's never played in, he's never played in the playoffs <laughs> yeah, well, before. You don't care he's, about that though. You can't been, pick and choose. He's been hurt. Yeah. A lot. Two hand injuries. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But so, but so, so minus yes. eight in 17 games. 
Okay. That's the uh, Mike Johnson, so Jonas. What do you think of what Mike Johnston said? I think you guys were well, the driver the whole Dylan yeah. Larkin idea. Okay. And well, we so, so Mark, I have uh, I have a spreadsheet going of like candidates, and I think he was on it, but like I just never envisioned a scenario where they would trade him right. because I I always just figured he's their captain. They're going to sign him eventually. Mm-hmm. They're going to sign him. All right. That's what I figured. Okay. Um, but so, James, like, who is your, do you have, like, an ideal guy in mind that if you were Kyle Dubas, you'd be like, that's the guy, I'm getting that guy? Mm. Why don't you go first and give us some names I can tell you who I like and who I don't like. Okay, let me bring up my I like that thing. idea, too. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did, Jonas, I didn't do my homework and put that's together, okay. no, I didn't, I didn't together give you, my list. Uh, you didn't tell up. me okay. that we were doing priority boarding. Okay, so I'll, I'll throw you some names. So, Ryan O'Reilly. Like? High priority. You like it? I like it too. Oh, Mark. I like oh. Ryan O'Reilly too. Remember when Shanny, Brendan Shanahan brought up that they needed more of the O'Reilly factor on the roster? And yes. I wonder if that's still something that's in, in the mix. Wow, special appearance. Yes. Yeah, My son special Noah guest on the podcast. Is, does he does he want to say anything? No, you want to say anything? <laughs> no. He's probably got a nap soon. He's a big Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> he's fan. A huge Ryan O'Reilly fan, yeah. Seven months. What does he think of the? Oh, what like does he think that, of the yeah. game? Oh yeah. yeah, he seems into it. Yeah, he doesn't know much about hockey. He's more of a curling fan, like you and me, James. He loves the <laughs> curling mug. I got a curling rock mug. Hello, over here. Do you know what's unreal, James? I don't think you saw this. Mark has like four tea bags in his tea. What? One of those Why? days, isn't that insane? He loves the just, curling mug. Just do. Just let it steep longer with one bag, and you get all that you need out of it. <laughs> He's staring at that. I need a strong tea to go with my strong but, opinions, James. Okay, or, so, so so you're. We're, I'm getting us back on yeah, the rails. So some other key, some other possibilities, like if they wanted to swing big for a guy who signed, like Travis Konechny, Patrick Kane is obviously like a big one. Yeah, so like, but he's got term on his deal, right? So it makes it a bit trickier to fit that in, right? You know, I, you, I mean, you'd have to give up a first round pick to get him, right? A hundred percent. That's why they're, that's why they're going to have to think about what their priority boarding is here because they're not going to, unless you're giving up your first round pick for the following year, you, you should play this game with Kyle Dubas and see what his priority <laughs> is. <laughs> Do you think he, he would want to play conference. the game? Or he, he was taking, Kyle, well, you, you could try. <laughs> he was taking lots of notes during that game against Boston up in the suite. Got to get a hold of Kyle's notebook there, but, uh, I, I, you you can rhyme off. They need a guy who can score a goal, and I don't know what the right fit is there. And they'll do their due diligence. Connect me can certainly do it. Um, and as you mentioned, the que- I guess the question is: Do they need someone who can play center too? Uh, yeah, that probably. would not hurt. Yeah, their depth there. So ideally, that is. I mean, yeah. Mark, to that point, like it is not a good sign when one of your centers goes hurt. Get, goes out your best center yeah. obviously your number one center one of the best players in the world and like your first instinct is like maybe we should just see what Pontus Holmberg yeah. looks like in the second spot oh, like yeah. we, at least we got to see what he could do six and penalty minutes go out. <laughs> and then immediately back to Alex Kerfoot <laughs> it was not good and then the William Melander they they're pretty much committed to him being a winger um at this point yeah Kerfoot I was talking to Kerfoot the other day he feels like he's getting his confidence going a bit I said, like, what does that mean? He's like, oh, you know, I can make plays. Like, but uh, he has had some success in that second line center spot uh, in that Montreal series. But that's not, I don't think, the answer anyone's looking for, especially coming off the series against Tampa last year. And and especially playing Tampa, right? Yeah, you know you're playing them again. I I wonder if he's got some 
some mental gremlins running around based on that, especially it's a big, such a big year for him too, with the, the contract situation. So Holy. Yeah. You probably want, uh, and you know, injuries are going to happen. There might, you know, Matthews has got this knee thing. He's had the nagging thing that we didn't know about. And you just don't know, um, where, where you're going to be with your center depth. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a pretty important position to, to not feel, you know, firm on. Um, and yarn crook has made it clear. He prefers the wing, even though he can yes. play the center in a pinch. Um, so yeah, so that's all they need a center who can score, get it done, Kyle, and we can all enjoy our bye, bye break. All right. Um, so that's a good segue to the next part of our game bottom six forward. Um, so James, you pointed out how bad their, their fourth line was against Boston and you look at Tampa, you look at Boston, I mean, the class of the East. They're deeper, like they just are. I mean, even I mean, you could you could match the third lines up, and you'd be like, maybe, maybe it's like pretty close. Like, well, Boston obviously has there with their third and fourth lines in that game. Well, because right? like, Boston can throw Taylor Hall on their third line, like mm-hmm. suddenly it's like, oh, um, right, right. I think so. I'm going to answer first. I mean, everything can't be a high priority. It just can't. Like, you can't solve every need that you have. Well, we I think this is meeting was a high priority. No, we didn't. I'm going to say medium for um, like a bottom six and, and mostly like a bottom line kind of player. Now, if you do what we're talking about and trade for a top six forward, that's going to push Yarncroft down, which is going to push someone else down. But it's like you look at some of the guys that they're playing and James, you mentioned Joey Anderson, Wayne Simmons. Uh, we saw the Bobby McMahon run come to an end. Like those guys, I, like, can they play in a playoff series against Tampa? Like, I don't I, know. I think you can have one, maybe two of those, but they maybe had, one, James. I don't think two. They've had too many of. The other wild card is the Matthew Nice factor, and I think potentially he could be someone that comes in on you know in the bottom six towards well, the end of the season. Asking a lot. You see what, yeah, it's asking a lot, James. Marking and yeah, I just, it's asking a lot. I mean, if they go to the Frozen Four, have a long college season, I don't know how many games he's going to get into. It's it's hard for veteran guys to get thrown into a new environment with the pressure. I don't know. Yeah, he physically probably could hold up just with the way he's built. But I- yeah, but but hang on a second. I know that's 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 like you look at him. He's like six two two hundred. It's a thousand times different to be strong and physical yeah. in the NCAA as yeah. it is to be in the NHL. Everybody in the NHL is 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 big and strong and stronger than him. Like he's yeah. he's so young. Like he yeah. just turned twenty in October. Like he's. I don't know, like that to me. That can't be something you're. you're you, 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 can't, know, you can't count on the, on him what, being an impact. I mean, you can take a look at him, but Cole Caulfield came in and played in the playoffs for the Montreal, and they go all the way to the final. And like he's even younger than Nyes is now. So yeah, but he's. Are you comparing him to Cole Caulfield? Well, I mean, they're both good NCAA players. Well, Caulfield's breaking records at the I'm program. I, All yeah, I'm saying I, is, I, I, I'm talking about Nice. was a in. goal a game in his last year in college. I, I'm talking about Nice coming in and playing on the fourth line and bumping a McMahon or a Joey Anderson. I'm not talking about putting him. He's not. But James, like, are you going to be look, pretend you're Sheldon Keefe and and John Cooper puts out Bellamar, Perry, and Maroon? You, like, you you feel safe putting Matthew Nice, who's played two NHL games in that situation? <laughs> well, it just. 
I mean, like, I think we need to be realistic. Like, are they really going to be able to add a top four defenseman, a top six forward, and a bottom six forward? There's just, there's no chance that that's going to happen. I mean, they did it the one year. They did? Well, not, they, remember how many different things they added? They added Riley Nash. Division year, yeah. Yeah, how many of them fit the, you think Ben Hutton was a top four defenseman that they added? No, but he was a 7th D. I don't know. So you want, uh, but that doesn't make any sense. You don't. No, you're right, add, James. You like you, add, like, like I said, extra guys. Like, like I said, James, you can't add everything. But I don't know. The bottom of their lineup would be pretty concerning to me. Like Dryden Hunt is not like a firm NHL player. That's for sure. Wayne Simmons is not an NHL player. Like, I don't know. There's just like Joey Anderson, TBD. Like, there's not a lot Yarncroft there. Pushing down and having guys come in to challenge some of the fourth line guys. I think that's the best you're going to be able to do. And even if you like. If Yarn Croak stays in that spot, but the third line or the bottom six has a little more punch, that can be helpful as well. I just, something that stuck with me is talking to Philip Forsberg when Nashville rolled in. He's like, Yarn Croak, he's like, the way you get the most out of him is you play him with good players in your top six. He's got the shot, he's got the skill. And he, he, he felt that Yarn Croak actually, it was detrimental to him to bounce around so much because coaches can lean on his versatility because he's willing to do it and is smart enough. So I don't know what they end up doing in terms of, uh, you know, reconstituting the lines once they make the move that they we think inev- inevitably will do. But it'd be nice to have a little bit more. Maybe the move they make ends up creating a bit more of a dynamic bottom six or a threat. Maybe I don't know how you shake up that line. Engvall's got I think zero playoff goals in his career over seventeen games. So um, yeah. But uh, and Camp has gone quiet. Although you don't always expect him to be a, a goal scorer. Um, I don't know. Maybe well, and Mark, like that's been the problem. Like not the like Yarncrook has been fine in the top six, but those lines, they're they're very blah. Yeah. Like, they don't really generate a lot. They don't give up anything. But it's like if you're going to be going up against, like you look at Tampa's lineup, and it's like they their top two lines can both score, and their third line can score, and like. Yeah. You got to figure Perry or Maroon are going to chip in a couple in a playoff series. And it's like you Game look at four, the Leaf lineup yeah. and you're like, right? Like, where are you going to get those goals? Maroon's that, that's- uh, busting past Riley and sliding it past Campbell. I mean, I think I think it was 8-4, bottom six, the bottom six of Tampa versus the bottom six of Toronto in terms of even strength goals in the uh, series. Like, that's a big, that's a big difference in the series. Well, um, especially when you, you lose by one goal in Game 7. It's yeah, a huge, and it's Nick you know, Paul. No, it, it, it was something we talked about a lot on the podcast. Well, in Tampa upgraded those positions, right? Like they yeah. brought in Paul, they brought in Hagel, yeah. and those were the priorities for them, and it made a big difference. And we're talking about what the Leafs are going to do, and it wouldn't be a shock if Tampa and Boston do something at the deadline. I don't know. They're, oh, they, yeah. they got for sure. For sure. So that's what we're like. We like you got to anticipate they're going to do something to get better. So you know, but you know, one thing that they can do, I know, like your point is is fair, James. Like you can't do everything, but one thing you can do in the Blackwell thing is instructive is like you can kind of just like maybe attach a guy in the the trade for the bigger fish so like giordano is the reason that they make that trade but then they also get blackwell who's making 750 thrown in and he's just better than what they have at the bottom of the lineup so maybe you make a trade for i don't know let's say you, you traded for jake mccabe and you know what chicago like we also want sam lafferty and and we'll pay a third round pick or something like I, maybe that's a way that you can add something into a transaction where you look at the bottom of a crappy team's roster and just pick one of their their fourth line forwards who's better than your fourth line forward. The margins are so slim. I wonder how much 
the management has contemplated the idea that the big guys are just going to yeah. reach a new level. And they're finally going to, they're that good that we're missing the one goal and it's going to come from these guys just not being denied this time. I think that's a fair ask given, I mean, the team is built around them and their regular season success runs through them to such right. an extent that they, they need one or two of those big guys to just go completely. You just need Matthews and Marner and, if they're playing on the same line to be like, we're going to be the best line in this series. Doesn't matter who you match up. Anthony Sorelli right? can't shut us down and yeah. we're just not going to lose. And wh- you know, we're, whether it's on the power play or whatever, those big guys are just going to be like, we're going to make a difference in every game that, or in four of the seven games. And I wonder if they think about that because that's the whole identity. That's the whole kind of idea of this team is that you're trying to support them. And yes, it's good to have good players around them. And I guess you can argue that Yarn Croak isn't the right fit there with Tavares and Nylander, but assuming that they go with Tavares and Nylander, that's another discussion that we could have, whether that's the right next uh, or they, they want to go back to Marner, Tavares, Matthews, Nylander. But I wonder if, they, if they're sitting there thinking like, let's not overreact. Um, yeah, we want to get better. Yeah, we want to make an upgrade. But these guys are ready. We, we give, keep giving them another chance. Like player X isn't going to like matter if these guys aren't taking another step. But we haven't seen it yet, so it's hard to believe. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, like we haven't, I don't know that you could look at Matthews and Marner and be like, you could point to a series and be like, that was their series. Like they, they own that series. Like there have been moments like Matthews has had some good series. Marner had that really good series. I think it was an 18 against yeah, Boston. Boston. But I'm just looking at like you brought up McDavid or maybe I was just thinking of McDavid, but I'm looking at his first round against the Kings and it's like two points, two points, yeah. three no points, three points, three points, but that's two the points. Kings too. Like it sucks. It sucks that uh, for the Leafs that they, they're going to play like Tampa's like Toronto's had an amazing season. Tampa's ahead of them in points percentage going into the break. We'll see what happens with home ice advantage. Uh, I want that home ice. I, I know Mark, think, you didn't, you didn't think it matters. Honestly, it matters, I think, man. I think it actually might be better to start on the road and just let actually have that in their mind that they're the underdogs and i don't You've know been to tampa tampa's like that that building it gets like get very yeah yeah they like i don't know and they've won 12 in a row down there already like right now tampa so both teams are very good in fact another thing marshan maybe we should have just ref- gone through the entire marshan scrum because he was awesome yesterday that, that could have been the entire podcast but another thing he said is like toronto's really good in this building like they clearly have a swagger here of course boston goes out and wins five two that night but uh but yeah. Well, so to round that out, Tampa is twenty-four and one at home this year. The Leafs are twenty-five and four at home yeah. this year, and eleven, eight, and four on the road. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's different, obviously, in the playoffs. Um, a very successful game of priority. Thank you both for mm-hmm. playing. I'm very happy. We we this have a new hu- coming back. We have a new high priority, and that's to take a break, Jonas. Ooh, okay, there's another Thanks, amazing segue. Oh my goodness! Good job, guys. Okay. It is a very important time of the show. It's the pod bag time, a reminder to support your local businesses. I'm going to, I think it might be a burger night. Some good burger options in the city. Do you have a favorite? Or you're not really a burger guy, are you, Mark? I love burgers. Are you kidding me? Oh, I don't remember about that. You, like, I've eaten many meals with you on the road. and I love a good burger. Usually, I know you love bacon. Oh, I love um, a bacon burger, yeah. I had a okay. great burger the other day. I went to Joey's in the... Yorkdale Mall. Oh, uh, Joey's is good. It was really? a good that, yeah. Go get their burger. I yeah. did, was I it a cheeseburger? I've never had a burger there. Yep. Yeah. Where's your good. favorite burger, Mark? 
Robin makes a good burger, my wife. Okay, well, that doesn't count. Um, but tell her, that's we will, I, I did want to give her a we shout out that. Can we Uber Eats from yeah. her? No, no, you can't Uber Eats uh, from Robin. But uh, what's a good, where's a good burger? Oh, my. Do you God. like Burger Shack? Oh, Burger that's, Shack is a, a good, nice, burger, good uptown yeah, spot. Nice grease to it. Yeah, Burger Shack's a, that's, that's a good burger. Oh, it's got a good uh, a kind of, kind of uh, like the steamed hams we had. Where do we go? McDonald's <laughs> on the way up from that long uh, drive yeah, uh, from Boston yeah. to Toronto. Stop for steamed hams. Uh, where's a good burger? Yeah, that's Burger Shack. Okay. That's you can good. think about it. That's a good place. I like a good burger from Burger Shack. All right, James, are you ready? Yes. Michael wants to know our thoughts on Timo Meyer as an option for the Leafs. He says if we get rid of Kerfoot, Engvall, and Hall yeah, next just, year, th- okay. those are the those are the UFA players. Assuming there's going to be an increase in the cap, which there may or may not be, the cap's not going to go up that much this summer. It, the The big rise is going to come the year after. He asks, "Is there any way they could wedge Timo Meyer onto the roster this year and beyond?" This year, I think you can you can find a way to make it work, especially with some retention and things like that. The question, the the trouble with Meyer is the beyond part because he's got that qualifying offer. I believe is ten million. Even if you sign him to a long term deal, I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to get over eight million. I I don't really more than that. What's the qualifying offer? I said more than eight million, like ten. Okay, sorry, James. <laughs> the qualifying offer, I think, is ten. Yeah, it's ten. Yeah. So well, he'd certainly look good in blue and white uh, for this playoffs. But the question is, how much do you want to give up for a rental? If if we're saying that they can't do it, which I agree will be very tough. Well, some people have theorized that they could bring him in for the playoff run and then trade him, and right. if they're not able to to squeeze in his contract, the Leafs sure like could use big the. Um, they should use name? the cap jumping up at some point. <laughs> that feels it's if it's why I did not include him on my list. It feels like too big a yeah. meatball to. Eat. Well, it's the same as the Bo Horvat problem. Like I'm sure that Lou Lamorello is going to throw a massive contract extension at Horvat to try and make that worth their while for giving up what they did to get him. But it was a lot to give up if he's not going to be a guy that sticks on your team. And then and then it's uh, uh, Meyer's a fantastic player. Like he would. You'd have to. You'd almost have to commit to potentially trading one of the core four if you're bringing in someone like that. And that's the thing. And I don't think that they're doing that. Well, we don't know who the GM's going to be. Ooh. Yeah, but we know who the GM is right now. <laughs> no, but I mean, in the off season is when they have to trade one of the core four to. Right, but if you're making that trade, you're probably committing to moving one of those guys. Yep. Uh. Adriano says, are there realistic options for the Leafs to get out from Matt Murray's contract? What about the potential for a buyout this summer? People are nervous with the injuries with Matt Murray. They're nervous about Who being Who saw committed. this coming? Yeah. They're committed. They're committed. They're nervous about the commitment next year to the contract if, you know, if he continues to be hurt frequently. I mean, you know, Murray's played really well, but really, really important second half of the season for him, you know, in his health. The buyout for Matt Murray, I believe, is the first year would be six hundred and something thousand dollars, so hardly anything. And then the second year is a two million cap charge, so it's it's not nothing. I just, yeah, it's kind of cu- not curious, but it's like the, the, both the injuries have happened with Ottawa in town, <laughs> the uh, home opener and the morning skate, and the uh, before this Friday game, this most recent one against Ottawa. And there's a lot of 
Ottawa people who were pointing out that uh, they were not so surprised. So yeah, there's, but you know what, when he's been healthy, he's played pretty well, right? Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I still think there's value there. I don't think I've reached the point yet in my, my mind to be contemplating this, uh, the buyout and, and, and that with one more year to go. So we'll see. It's still a lot of hockey left to go this, this regular season. And this our old friend, Mike Babcock said, the truth today is not always the truth tomorrow. And nice. Murray might emerge in the second half and who knows, he'll have a good second half. And I, I, I certainly the feel in the first half was that if, if it was a tie and both guys were playing well, they certainly liked the pedigree that Murray had in the playoffs. So it was, I, for me, even though it seems a bit crazy right now, maybe I wouldn't be shocked if he's starting game one against uh, Tampa Bay. All right. Curtis wants to know, earlier in the season, Pierre Engvall looked like a player who would be expendable in the offseason, but with his recent stretch of play, is he someone the Leafs should look to hang on to? And there's multiple people responding in our comments saying no. <laughs> no and <laughs> no and double no. And I lean more towards no. I don't know where you guys said. Like, the you inconsistency know, would just drive me crazy well, if I were I, His them. performance in the playoffs is a big problem. Like, they really, yeah. he needs to show something Assuming that, like, like if they need to move money out to make a trade, I feel like Engvall's name would be right at the top of the list, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, it's just like he he fits so well with camp, and it's like, well, if yep. you take him off, like, who are you playing there, and is that line as good? Maybe like, maybe that line well, just needs to be blown up and yeah, completely changed for the playoffs because you're not going to get anything out of it offensively and defensively. I don't know. Camp's looked a little weird the last little bit for me. And it's a long season and you don't want to overreact to anything, but maybe they need to reevaluate what exactly what they're going to get from that line, even though Engvall and, and Kampf have had chemistry. But I certainly am on the side. I know I thought, was, you know, Keith was asked about Engvall pretty recently. He's like, this last segment is good, but listen, we always think we could get more out of Pierre. Yeah, it's just like, it's always going to be the thing. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to go away. And to your point, Mark, you made this point earlier. Uh, 17 playoff games, zero goals, four assists. Right. Yeah. They're getting nothing from in that when the games get to like the games are going to be, um, there's some regular season games where he looks so good. You almost are it's like, like those games against Washington where the Capitals are like half asleep and look like yeah. they were up till three in the morning at Joey's at Yorkdale and the night before. <laughs> and like that, that's when an angle shines is in those games. Right. Well, it's like if he had 10% more intensity, like night to night, he'd be. But we can't, really... we can't keep saying this. We're probably saying this on Leaf for No, that's not who he is. It's just not who he is. And that's, you've, uh, you know, Keith, who always nudged him and threw him under the bus and backed the bus up over him back in the old days uh, a couple of years ago. Like he, they've, they're, this is who he is. Yes. They always want him to be a bit more physical. He knows it, but you are who, who you are. Like I'm terrible at trivia. <laughs> apparently <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that yeah. we're gonna work on that later well, it's a Mark, good thing you're worry. doing it on national radio yeah here. that's the <laughs> thing it's uh, <laughs> when something's not your strength that's what I, you that's what i like to do it. you yeah. should challenge o-dog to a race instead of doing trivia with him every i time. would like or a tennis to game there you go yes you have to confront I think you your challenge every mark you should challenge everyone at tsn to a tennis game the I tsn think open everyone tsn open yeah i got i mean mike johnson is a very good tennis player uh, he oh, actually played. He actually won a pro am once, and his his he's told this story. It's a pretty good story. If uh, if you get a chance to have him on the pod, he uh, he he won a pro am, and the winner got to play an actual challenger event in Toronto. Like got like uh, like I don't even know why this was something that they allowed because it seems kind of demeaning to the people who are actually in it. But he got like smoked like six one six love. He won a game, but 
like, he's like, why are you letting me do this again? Like, why, why am I in this tournament? But uh, yeah, he's a very good tennis player. I've only played one Ontario tennis association event back in the, in the day and I lost. So don't have the pedigree. All right. Jason's question is which X leaf would be an ideal trade acquisition. And he posits the name Phil the thrill. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's uh, our, never our, happening. Our, our colleague, our colleague, uh, Josh Cloak wrote about JVR as a potential option. You know, maybe if if some of like the bigger name forwards fall through, if that would be a fit. Um, just feels like style of play that JVR wouldn't be a great fit for the on this roster. I told Josh, I'm not with that. No, I don't think they need another not good defensive slowish. He probably want him to be on the power play to make sense, like the good old days. Right. And he's not. And who's, he, who's he going to bump from no. the power play? Right. Yeah. No. He's had a decent season. Like his, you know, the underlying numbers and everything for JVR. Like it's, he's still. I hope he, he still gets a run he, somewhere. I hope he lands somewhere and can be a factor. Um, you know who I'm going to pick? Nazem he's Kadri. not available. No, he's not oh. available. 49 games, 26 goals, 34 assists, 60 points. Do you know who I'm talking about? No uh, answers. Who, who are we forgetting, Mark? We're drawing a blank. He's a favorite of yours, James, from the past. Um, I don't... Who? He is tied for 11th in the league in scoring. He has the same amount of points in fewer games than Mitch Marner. How is that possible? Former His league? name is Zach Hyman. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking... Like, I mean, uh, okay. You said he wasn't not available. available. Not available. <laughs> I think he's got a no-move clause, and he's on a team that's going to make the playoffs. So, What a crazy year. Now, obviously, like playing with those guys, but like, man. He's playing some pretty good players in Toronto, too. Yeah, good Zach player. Zach going to be one of those guys that peaks when he's 34 years old. Yeah, I love uh, Zach Hyman, but yeah. Oh, that's tough. Another another name that's out there that's an ex-leaf is, is Luke Shen, but there's a lot of talk that he's going to end up back with the Lightning. I don't see the. I've never Wonderful. understood the point of that. Like they have Jordy Ben. Like what is the? What is the? I don't understand the point of Luke Shen for the Leafs. Can you guys explain it? He used to be a Leaf, Jonas. Yep, I remember. I think people are like that. The full circle of it all, <laughs> and then depriving Tampa. Maybe I don't know. How about this question, Jonas? Uh, Rohith wants to know what do you and Jonas do on your podcast breaks, and how long are they typically? Are both That's of you not prepared question. to start on time and put in a full 60-minute effort? The breaks wow. are not for us to have a break. Like, we could go an hour straight, There's no problem. Seconds. The breaks the breaks are for advertising. You know, we when we say, let's time for a break, we just stop for four seconds and leave a pause. And then so the producer can put the ad in there. We we don't actually need a break. So nothing nothing happens. So Maybe we I, could I've use a break. It. Maybe there should be load management in the pods. I, I don't think we need We would break. be even better. I mean, like we're an hour in now. I mean, I, we could probably go two hours without a break. Wow. Well, let's our, not push our producer it here. would Our producer would throttle us. Yeah. yeah you got to go. You got to go take Noah out for a, a, a spin around town. Yeah. My father-in-law takes him for a walk every day, which is, which is nice. I don't know. It's pretty well, cold out right, right it's now. It's going to be minus week. 19 tomorrow. Yeah. So he might want to rethink that. Yeah. One. And we bundle him up. He looks pretty cute though. He gets pretty bundled. Only his face is, is, is to the elements, which is quite cold when he comes back. But, uh, yeah. Let's, Wait, what were we let's talking go about? Lightning round. <laughs> let's go. Let's get through some more questions here. Mark's yeah. getting distracted. Yes. Maybe Mark does need a break. Cody wants Maybe. to know who's the more, more famous MM in Toronto, Mark Masters or Mitch Marner? Probably Marner, I would say. But there is, <laughs> you know, Masters Nation. You are on national TV. I am a nationally televised personality. Uh, yeah, no. 
probably Marner there. Um, yeah, probably Marner, but it's, it's, it's certainly a conversation. And I, I feel good about being in the position to actually have that question asked. Uh, Nick says, uh, should we have kept Nick Foligno as an intangibles guy? He seems to be working well in Boston. Uh, are we too quick to judge that trade? I, I don't know about that. I don't think that trade worked out very well. The Leafs did try to keep him, but Boston outbid uh, Toronto uh, for Foligno. He does look good, though. He does yeah, look but like he's he also would be a good fit right now. He's getting overpaid. paid. Yes, yes. For what he, he he's is. making like $3.8 million, right? Yeah. He is, yeah. I think the Leafs were like low three or something like that. Like they were, they were not in the same ballpark on the contract offer. I feel bad that that chapter went the way it did. He loved it being a Leaf and he still... You see him, he still talks so fondly of it. He was so happy to see even the Toronto media in the lead up to the game. He's like, they're trying, the PR guys are trying to cut off, like, they're like, last one. He's like going like 10 minutes longer and just so happy to, he's such a fun guy. But yeah, a disastrous turn of events in Toronto. Um, yeah. Gotta have health. All right, Mark, I, I'm going to mix in a trivia question here. Oh boy. Ready? Yes. What is the name of Ronald McDonald's big purple friend who loves McDonald's milkshakes? Oh, no. Oh. oh I guess the answer was I wasn't ready. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. no he's, he's, you're, you're asking what, what his name is? Yeah. Yeah, James, do you know? Oh, of course what's, I know. What's, do, I want, James? Do, I, do I want to give Mark I some see more him. time to I answer this? I see him or? in my mind. I he see needs him. to go on what's a non-milkshake diet. I haven't been... Do you know any of his friends? I'm lactose intolerant. I, um... I know, I know all of this, Jonas. I don't throw, know this. You throw me anything you want. I got. <laughs> what what, what is, is his great. name? Grouchy. <laughs> James. Humpty oh, grimace! Grimace. As I am grimacing now. Oof, that's a tough one. Yeah, grimace. What else you Good got, name. Jonas? Let's see. Let's see how much I throttled Mark. Okay, here. James. <laughs> one nothing, James. One, James. Mark has no chance at this, but James, you might. What? Which band member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers died of drug overdose? Ah. Uh, I should know that. Great goal song at the World Juniors. Can't stop. Addicted to the shindig. In the, in the summer, that was the goal song. They won, they won gold. I want to say... For some reason, initials, I want to say... James, I'll give you the initials. I was going to say like S. Yeah, it's like Slovak or something like that. Is That's his last the last name, name correct? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there I go. I got it. There we yeah. go. Hello, Slovak. Wow, I would yeah. never have gotten it. was like it. Slovak. That... Yeah. All right. One more before more questions. I'm a huge Chili Peppers fan, though, so that's not even fair. <laughs> this this should be a top end. If you, if Mark, if you don't get this, we're in trouble. Oh boy. Who is known as Slim Shady? <laughs> the real Slim Shady? <laughs> sure. Uh, like his stage name or like his real name? <laughs> yeah. Eminem. You just gotta know this. Yes. Marshall. Uh, is it Marshall Mathers? Is his there's name? another Eminem. Mathers. Mathers. Oh yeah. boy. Mathers. We should call you Eminem, Mark. My wife is laughing at me. Oh boy! Uh, in the other room. Anyway, I got that right. I get credit for that. Yeah, good. there you go. Was, yeah, Should we, we do one trouble. more question to send us off, guys? Or sure. All right. Mike wants to know what do you think Kyle Dubas has learned from past trade deadlines, and how do you think that informs this year? Mark. Oh my goodness! Well, he's definitely learned something. I mean, every what has he learned from the past deadlines that will inform this thing? Well, you don't want to trade for somebody who has a bad back. Um, <laughs> and is also 34, 34. I met might be, yes. I think he's learned. What has he learned? I mean, don't, don't acquire David Riddich and Riley Nash and Ben Hutton. And well, yeah, he's probably learned that one important move is better than five little moves. Right. Yeah. 
Like the Giordano move last year, Blackwell, I mean, those that helped, but it didn't shake things up really. It wasn't, it didn't change the series, right? So I think he's learned that if he wants to change the series and he wants to make a real impact, the type of player that he's going to need to bring in. And well, I think you look at Tampa and it's, you know what, you know what trade Nick Paul made a pretty big impact for them. Was it at the deadline when the Bruins got Lindholm? Was yeah, it, was yep, yes, it was. Ahead of it, yeah, yeah. Right, we were in Nashville and that broke, and that was right before the deadline. Like, what an incredible move! Like, he looks, but he didn't. He didn't make the impact. They signed him. Like, he didn't make the huge impact. Obviously, they lost in the first round to Carolina. No, but, but, I, like, but yeah, obviously, but it's the a thing that move. you love about that trade is that it's an impact that lasts right. longer than just like oh, one. Like, I, I think that that's what you want to try and do. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough, yeah. And good on Boston. They they saw him. They 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 went for it. They extended him, and they gave up a pretty big package. And I just can't believe how well he's played. Like, he looks I mean, amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. He looks. He's been probably like a top twenty defenseman in the NHL. Now now you got McAvoy and Lindholm as your anchors. And well, that's what they needed. They needed yeah. another like really high end D to like push. And I think that that's probably the biggest piece that's the Leafs uh, pushed Boston from how good they were last year to where they are now. Right. The Leafs are just built differently. They're just built differently. And maybe they have to embrace that identity of like, we're going to see the fact that you got pillars on the back end and we're just not going to let you get out of your zone. So good luck. But easier said than done. One more trivia. You want another which, one? Oh, you got trivia. Which, okay. Which Let's category see. do you want? Entertainment, science, general? Uh, general. General. <laughs> general knowledge. Uh, Let's do state capitals. There's no way you'll get this one. Your faith in me uh, is, is heartening, Jonas. Uh, State Capitol, I get my kid on there and then he can do that. <laughs> there one. you go. Phone <laughs> a friend, Clark. <laughs> Actually, Clark would know this one. What color of star has the hottest surface temperature? Aren't all stars yellow up in the sky? <laughs> Isn't that what we No. No. <laughs> I don't have that right. All right. James. All right. I don't have any other good ones. Sorry. Is it is the red dwarf the hottest? Uh, the red dwarf. No, what color of star has the hottest surface Death star. temperature? Death star. Uh, what, the blue? answer is blue. James. You got it. Wow. Yeah, yeah Mark, my I'm son would know replace that for, sure. <laughs> for sure. He would know that. I knew. I blue. Yeah, I was going to say he's, that. He's talking about quasars and pulsars, and I don't know. I don't know what the hell any of that st- stuff is. So. Who is the first U.S. president to appear on television? All right, we got to wrap up. Kennedy <laughs> is that? Is it no. Eisenhower? Eisenhower? Oh, yeah. It's not. No, good guesses, but no. Nixon? No. No, no it's going to be. Oh, well, FDR. Correct. Yeah, FDR. Nice, yeah. Mark. Oh, I was, yes. I was, uh, there you go. I'm back, baby. <laughs> I had those two wrong guesses, but the third one. I'm back. Yeah, FDR. All right. Well, this has been an extravaganza, our best podcast of the year, I think. Wow. Take that, CJ. Cram it in your cram <laughs> hole, CJ. I don't know. Has CJ been on this year? Oh, I yeah. I guess he was like in maybe in September. Burned into my mind when CJ was He's on. got his own podcast, so he just big times us now. Yeah. He does with one of our very own hockey writers at The Athletic. Yeah. You declared him your, your favorite guest, I believe, when CJ was on, James. So, well. Awkward silence. Today, so. today you're our you're favorite my guest. favorite guest. You got to live yeah. in the moment. Recency bias being what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mark, as always, we appreciate no more trivia. I finally got one. 
Yeah, keep working on it. We'll keep working on it. I'll just text you a bunch of trivia questions. Please, we got to get going. I'm going to be working on it all by week. So it is the All-Star break, but we are going to have some fun stories coming up during the All-Star break at The Athletic. So go to theathletic.com slash leaf report. Follow Mark Masters on Twitter. Watch him on SportsCenter. Watch him on TSN. Watch him post-game. He hops on with Jay Onright. He's just like the hardest working reporter there is. I'm everywhere. Can't escape me. He is Masters Nation. All right, Mark. Thank you, James. We'll see you next week.